Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California at 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Joined by the old school crew, it's Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. Jihei, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. It was a very, very long weekend for me, so that's why I could not come in on my yeah. But um, it was. Other than that, it was good. It was good. No, no. Uh, can't wait for football. I'm not going to lie to you on that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, everything else is amazing. How about you guys? Armand, what what made it a long weekend, Jihei? We're very <laughs> curious. <laughs> um, six Six Man is a. Uh, if you are on the other side of Six Man. It is a lot of fun. If you are on the bartender side of six man, not so much. <laughs> so it was just long, like five hour shifts seem like 12 hour shifts. So uh, congratulations to all the winners for six man. Um, all the old heads too, winning their tournaments. I just, I'm done. I never want to work a six man ever again. That was the longest weekend of my life. <laughs> You know what, real quick, without giving away anything, I think Garmon had some great, uh, he was enjoying the people watching, a lot of celebrities, <laughs> a lot of, uh, so um, I'm, I'm sure you were the same. Although, yes, listen, it's tough when you're just watching people have a good time. When, uh, but, but Jiggy, I'm, I'm, you usually mix business and pleasure. You have a good time. Too, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely have fun. I'm not going to lie on that. I, uh, I definitely partook on Friday, but I did it um, on Saturday. It was a different story. And then yeah. Sunday, um, I hung out with friends. So um, there was no tournament. There was like a peer to peer swim, but that was about it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I did. I know Armand saw a few celebs out there. I know that. Uh, Matt Leinart and uh, Richard Jefferson, they always play for yeah. Soho House so or for Team Fletch. So um, they were definitely there. Uh, you can definitely see some NBA coaches out and about as well. So, it, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Um, again, if you're on the other side, it's amazing. I've, I've gone to a plethora of tournaments. So it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's the same every year, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely a good time. That's for sure. Uh, if you're, especially if you're on the other side of the bar, but when you're serving, like literally, I think every bar ran out of beer, wow. like every bar. <laughs> so like, that's how, that's how crazy the weekend was. Um, if you're just running out of, I mean, the fact that we just ran out of beer, which we double ordered everything is just crazy to me. So I've never run out of beer at my job. So it was insane, but it was a lot of fun. Um, on the other side, once I finally got a break. So, Brandon, you were at the ballpark last night. How was that? Fantastic. The <laughs> <laughs> last two days, fantastic. It's, it's Groundhog Day with that team. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, man. It's so tough. I mean, it's like I'm writing the same article every day at this point. It's you know, I feel bad for I don't know if it's Marissa or Joey or whoever's going tonight, but. <laughs> Probably gonna be the same thing. Probably gonna be the same thing. Um, you know, it's just good, good to you know. As much as I love going to the ballpark and covering the team, just I think everybody needs a mental cleanse from that from that team, including the players. They should just take today off, honestly, and forfeit at this point. 
real quick because we don't want to belabor the point, you know, but but we we've talked throughout the season at the trade deadline about Shohei Otani. And again, I mean, I, I think they did the right thing. I mean, you you have this chance to keep this generational talent, keep him, don't trade him, go all in, try to make the postseason. If this continues, I mean, this is even worse than getting close and not 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 getting a postseason berth. I mean, if the wheels completely fall off, which they have, and the, and this continues, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, can would Shohei Otani come back? Uh, more likely not. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and it's it's just a it's a series of events that are just unfortunate. They have eighteen players on the injured list. They've blown about. I don't know, it feels like 10 to 15 games over the past month that they could have won. They could have won every single game in that Mariners series. They definitely should have won last night um, against the Giants. Uh, and they they just they just collapsed a lot. It's just it seems like everything that can go wrong does go wrong for this team. And when they can pitch, they can't hit. And when they can hit, they can't pitch. Even though they have a top five offense pretty much across the board, it really hasn't translated to wins. They're still abysmal with runners in scoring position. They don't produce when it counts. There's not a fundamentally sound baseball team, despite all the talent they have. Um, and I think Shohei Otani, I think he would want to stay if he saw something. But it's just at this point, it's it's looking probably like Dodgers or Mariners for for Otani. Um, all right, so I, I have to tell you guys something fun that happened to me last night for the Team USA game. Um, I got to sit courtside. I've never, I, I was trying to think back, you know, I mean, obviously press seats are very good, but I don't know if I've ever sat courtside as a fan before, so I, I, I got to sit courtside. Um, listen, we'll, we'll see how, how this team does as they progress on their journey to the FIBA World Cup. I like the, this young group of guys. Again, they're going up against Puerto Rico, so it, it wasn't like they were going to get um, challenged. But uh, I had a great time. Armani Buckets, uh, did you watch the game and uh, your thoughts on Team USA? Yes, I did watch the game. First of all, were you near Draymond and Kevin Durant? They were on the other side, so I was sitting next to Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith, the owner of the uh, Utah Jazz. So, um we were on the opposite ends of the court. Yeah, so watching the game, I think the biggest thing that stood out, which, I mean, I think it should have been obvious to me before, but just the the potential for this team defensively with Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year, Anthony Edwards, Mikhail Bridges, Brandon Ingram, they just have so much defensive potential. And we're going to see that on Saturday when Luka faces off against this team and then on Sunday by the way I didn't know that Spain is the number one ranked team in the world not USA which seems Ah. like that's it just seems wrong to say that but yes Sunday they're in Spain playing against Spain so you want to talk about a big statement weekend for for this new USA team this weekend will teach us a lot more than last night did but yeah I think they're going to be Honestly, after seeing them kind of in action, I think they're going to be just fine. I mean, mean, the fact that Spain is ranked number one shouldn't really shock you. I mean, Europe has completely taken over, uh, in my opinion at least, has taken over the U.S., um, as far as their game is concerned. They, like, look at, look at every NBA, most NBA teams. Like, you have at least an international player per team, minimum. Yeah, but... I also wanted to add about Spain. Um, who's playing? Because Rubio is now taking off due to his mental yeah. health. 
I think it's like the Spanish league, like all stars mostly, um, you know, and they're excellent. They play team basketball. I think that's more why they're ranked one. I don't who which NBA players they have on that team right now. Armand, do you know? Hernan Gomez brothers. They're all oh, they got. They got Bo Cruz. Yeah, they have Bo they Cruz. Got Bo they have Cruz. Rudy Fernandez, as you mentioned, Ricky Rubio was a huge part of their team, and now he will take a leave of absence. Um, hope the best for Ricky. But yeah, it's, it's uh, not the star level of the Team USA, that's for sure. But they play but team basketball. They play yeah, team I was just going to say to Brandon's point, absolutely. You know, I mean, playing as a unit is more is more important than having stars on that team, isn't it? For specifically for this for for this occasion for for FIFA for um, the World Cup, like if you play playing as a unit is different than having like the whole entire purpose of the dream team. Like they had to try and bring them together as as individuals, bring them as, together as a team, not vice versa. So yeah. you have a team that can play with one another, um, feed each other the ball, like um, position each other in their strengths and their positions you're going to be able to win versus, you know, if you having the best players on the team just doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be great automatically. It took some time to, to get to that point. So I think with Spain, I don't think that they need the time, right? Like they, they're already there. Yeah. And we mentioned this on yesterday's show that the fact that the guys on teams like Spain, they grow up playing with each other. Whereas the guys on team USA, they're figuring out their roles on the fly. One guy that looked like he's figuring out his role immediately was Austin Reeves. And one of the things that you notice with Reeves, as soon as he checks in the game, he's just stone cold. Being a part of the Lakers, you have so many eyeballs on you constantly that being a part of Team USA, it seemed like other guys may have had, you know, a little bit of first game jitters. Reeves comes in first possession, hits a three out of the corner. He's got a fan section behind the scores table. He's just, he is so, he has so much moxie to, to steal a Brandon term, so much moxie in Reeves. And this team, I think, has more moxie than I realized going into it with Edwards, Reeves, even a veteran like Bobby Portis, who almost got into a fight at the end of the game, (laughs) which was classic. And then the crowd chanting for him. But I think this team has more moxie than I personally that I would have realized. And I wanted to add on that, too. Like, I I, I said this in uh, my group chat with a group of friends last night. I know it was released. I think it was 21 Savage. I'm a straight, I'm a dog straight out the kennel written about Austin Reeves for sure. We thought, <laughs> we thought the, we thought the whole time it was, um, it was written about like a Patrick Beverly or somebody like that. But man, this guy Reeves is just, he's the most efficient player in the NBA. Now I want to see it for a full season, but it's looking like he's on this trajectory where he can be one of the most important players on a title team. Like it's really looking like that. He just does every single thing right. And again, not surprisingly, with the game happening in Las Vegas, a ton of um, Austin Reeves fans, a ton of Austin Reeves jerseys, which is is significant in this respect. At the beginning of last season, there was no number 15 jerseys. There was no Austin Reeves jerseys. And now you're walking through the T-Mobile, uh, T-Mobile um, arena in Vegas, a bunch of number 15 jerseys, and uh, has really become a fan favorite. You know, Jihei, when, when you're looking at this team, and we talked about this yesterday, is there someone who could take that leap? I think with this Team USA, 
uh, and them going to the World Cup. I mean, this could be a moment where a young player takes that step, makes that leap. Is there a player that you're looking on this particular team that can have that kind of a jump? I mean, I think all of these guys are relatively on like the same level as, as one another. I think they're all they they all can can jump up um, at any moment in any time. But everybody's right. Austin Reeves definitely has that dog in him. He has that. You know, he has an it factor, man. Like just the hustle, that that grind. I mean, you guys know I'm gonna support my bo- boy Paolo yeah. on this one. Um, gotta give love to him for sure. Um, but you also have to take into consideration these guys are getting coached by one of the best in the country yeah. right now, right? I mean, at the end of the day, um, this is when coaching really takes its play. It takes it takes its toll. And being coached by Steve Kerr, these guys are going to be on a different level now. You know, they're going to be on a different level as far as being able to step up. And I think stepping up wise, I mean, any of these guys, you can look at Mikhail Bridges, you can look at Jalen Brunson, like all of these guys, Anthony Edwards. I mean, this, this team, I guess uh, to Armand's point, it's reasonable that these kids should be stacked. This team should be stacked. Um, they should be ranked number one, but um, you know, Again, they have to play as a team. They have to play as a unit. So uh, I think that's my only concern. Um, Austin Reeves might be the only one that can really, truly, at any given moment, at any given time, we're going to see him him rise. So I'm I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward in general to this team coming together as a unit, seeing how they'll play together as as one. When we talk about roles that guys have to take, going back to the 2008 team, all these guys are so used to having the basketball in their hands. I wish that this team had like a, a serious knockdown shooter because going back to 2008, you had Carmelo Anthony on that team, which, yes, he's so used to having the ball in his hands, but then if Kobe or Dwayne Wade or LeBron get stuck, you just flip it to Carmelo and that's three points right away. Or even a guy like the Michael Red on that team. Who is that guy going to be for Team USA? Will it be Austin Reeves spotting mm. up and shooting? Because somebody has to kind of take that role and allow somebody to drive it and pass it to them. I mean, I, I get that they can all do that, but I would like somebody that's a, like a three-point specialist to be on this team. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the thing that I, I, I really, when you're sitting courtside and you're watching it, you, you, you kind of want to see how they uh, gel and how they play together. And talking to Steve Carp, who was at those practices and getting a first-hand look at these guys on, um, on Monday night, they are playing together. Again, to your guys' point, this is not a team that's been together for some time. They didn't grow up playing with each other. They assembled this team, Grant Hill, in his new role as the director of Team USA, you know, kind of picked this group. Um, but the good thing about it is watching them, uh, they're beginning to gel together. And so, again, they, they have a long uh, journey towards the FIBA World Cup. And so uh, I do love, though, that the, 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 there's going to be some serious competition here, whether it's from Canada, whether it's from Spain, whether it's from some other uh, places as well. Um, guys, moving forward, and we'll talk about this in the next segment with our uh, the newest member of the Sporting Tribune, Jill Painter-Lopez. Um, the most interesting thing right now is what's going to be happening with the Pac-12. And the newest re- report right now is that Cal and Stanford are talking to the ACC. 
I don't even know what to think about all these different conferences at this point where the Big East um, has USC, UCLA, uh, Morgan, Washington. It, it, to me, geographically, and I don't know if geography means anything at this point. I mean, you would imagine maybe like the Mountain West trying to, uh, you know, fold in the last four teams of the uh, Pac-12. Um, uh, Brandon, I'll... I'll <laughs> Give this to you, Cal and Stanford. What would you do again? Cal and Stanford are are significant programs. At least Stanford, when you look historically, or at least over the past ten years, at least, um, kind of weird that they're in this precarious spot right now. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Stanford specifically, I grew up a Stanford fan. My dad went to Stanford, um, and they used to be such a powerhouse of a program in football. And obviously, they're excellent at everything else. One of the top athletic programs from top to bottom in every sport. Um, for them, it, they don't, they, they're not in the big in the NIL stuff. They don't accept that, which is why they've lost a lot of recruits specifically for football, also for basketball and the main NIL sports. I think the ACC would be a good move. Um, I think the, I mean, you don't want to be playing with Mountain West teams. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. If you're a program that has had, had, I don't care how bad you are. You had Christian McCaffrey, Andrew Luck, <laughs> John, John Elway, like you're Jim Harbaugh coach. Like what you, now you're going to play with freaking like, no offense, like you, like uh, no offense. You know what I'm saying? But like <laughs> San Jose State, Fresno yeah, State, or whatever. I mean, like, those are good programs, but you got to go and play with Clemson, right? Like at this point, I yeah. think they need to merge. I think Oregon State's a team that's going to be interesting too because they have a good future. They've built a nice little football program over the past few years. And Cal, probably the worst of any team in the Pac-12 with sports and the big sports. But again, it's still Cal. Look at the history. They've had Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch. Like, there's definitely a lot both of those schools have to offer academically and uh, athletically. So I think that they should move to the ACC, in my opinion. I, mean, I wanted to ask you, Brandon, as far like, I, I get the competition. It's great, um, especially in the ACC with Clemson, uh, football-wise, basketball-wise. It's it's awesome, even though UNC had, like, that fall um, last season. Um, they had, like, locker room woes and all that other stuff. They're still going to probably come back better than ever. I mean, you have Virginia, who's extremely well-coached. You have, I mean, this is my baby. Like, if the ACC is my conference. Like, I love them. So yeah. my only issue is that, like, once you guys join or what once Stanford and Cal join, that schedule is going to be rough. Like just, just geographically, as um, Arash said earlier, it's going to be rough to be ha having to go from, you know, Northern California all the way to Virginia, um, North Carolina. Three, there's four schools in that conference that are just in North Carolina. Like I'm hoping that you go back to back to back and you stay in North Carolina for like two weeks because that's what you're going to kind of have to do. Right. Or, and for football, it's going to have to be even longer than that. So like just geographically, is this still a desirable conference for them to go to? I think yes. And I, but I think like, it's about whether they'll have big donors that'll pay for it for Stanford. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, I mean, it, college sports becoming pro sports, like that's just how it's going. So the, the, the traveling it's uh, yes, it's tough, but I think it's something that if Stanford and Cal want to make some more money um, and they get some share of the ACC media rights, I mean, that's the move to do because the PAC 12 is in shambles. This is going to be so fascinating how this all uh, plays out because, again, geography doesn't mean anything. 
old rivalries don't mean anything. You knew when uh, people were talking about uh, teams leaving conferences or jumping conferences, and you know this all came to a head, uh, you know, a year ago when USC and UCLA just kind of shocked the the college uh, sports world by going to the Big Ten, and, and so at that point, it's like geography doesn't matter. Cal, Stanford going, but you knew that Oregon State and Washington State were perhaps going to be left out in the cold. We'll see what happens to them. I, 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 I think that there is a chance that they can get folded into the Mountain West. There was such a significance with the uh, Pac-12 name, you know, again, previously the Pac-10. Um, and now just I mean, uh, for that conference to be completely done, and go away again. It was never going to be the same without USC and UCLA, no matter what, whether they uh, moved on with 10 or they brought on two schools and continued to, to be the Pac-12. But for them, a year from now to be done and dissolved is still nuts. All right. We'll talk about that some more. Uh, let's leave it there. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Jill Painter-Lopez, newest edition of the team. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090s in the California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-0340. Let's uh, head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. And joining us is the newest member of the team, Jill Painter-Lopez. Jill, how are you? Good morning, Arash. I'm good. How are you doing? I am good. You are all around town. Uh, folks can obviously see you with, uh, if you're here in Los Angeles on uh, KCAL, KCBS, Voice of uh, CSUN, uh and uh, just uh, so much happening. I do want to start here because the world of college sports is drastically changing. You are a proud alum of Colorado. Again, they're going back home, I, in my view, You know, leaving the Pac-12, going back to the Big 12. Uh, the Pac-12, the Pac-10 previously that, that you once covered, that we've covered for many years, it's really no more, Jill. I mean, are you sad about it? Is this the current state of college sports? Your thoughts on what's happening right now? You know, I am sad about it, certainly. Um, but evolving and change is, is part of life. It's part of sports. Uh, so I think there's a couple of things in, in play that the transfer portal, I also think, is out of control. But we're just at this big crossroads right now in, in college sports. So um, if you are a fan of, of, of the pack. 12, you know, Pac-10, back when I first moved here and started covering college sports, it seems like, you know, that was a, a relic and ancient, but but you really loved those those rivalries, and just to see it all blow up in the span of about 10 minutes, uh, I, I think was sad for a lot of people, but you know what, again, you, you got to move on, the name of the game is money, most things come down to money, and it's sad, for sure, but the Pac-12 really missed the boat in, in, in terms of getting enough money for their constituents. And so 
that, you know, schools are going to leave. I mean, if you're getting 70 million in another conference, mm -hmm. why would you stay for, for 24? Uh, you got to take care of your student athletes uh, as a school and take care of your athletic department budget. So yes, I'm sad overall, but change is part of it. What do you think about this upcoming year for Colorado? I mean, that's one of the games that I'm trying to head out to USC. You got prime oh. time. You got Deion Sanders. Josh, I got an extra ticket. I'm selling. Oh, there we go. Let's let's do this. Uh, well, I mean, are, again, it's going to take some time, but I think everyone around the program, you got to imagine, is pumped up. I mean, as a Colorado alum, I for a long time, I really was a Rosh. I, I and I keep telling people, we're going to be two things this year. <laughs> we're going to be interesting. And we're going to be competitive. And I really hope that second part is true, that we're going to be competitive. There's been so many reports recently. You know, I feel like so many people are kind of trying to take Deion Sanders down and, and disparage his image and all that. But my gosh, like I'm inspired by that guy watching his Instagram videos every day just <laughs> as a human being. I mean, I want to run through a wall for the guy. Uh, some of the stuff is a little over the top. I, honestly, like we don't, we know the, the players' names, but there's been so much, I can't even keep up, you know, who transferred in, who transferred out. Uh, so I, I don't know what to think. All I know is we've never beaten your school. We've never beaten SC. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think this is the year it's going to happen, but I usually always go back for a game. Folsom Field, yes. no matter what the team is like. And I went to the drubbing uh, by Oregon last year. Uh, I mean, it's just a beautiful venue. You got Ralphie running around, and so it's a win-win every time. But I just, I hope we're competitive, yeah. and oof, jury's still out. <laughs> yeah, Jill, you talked about being competitive, um, Colorado being competitive, and Vegas has them um, at three and a half wins. Yeah. I took the over, so I'm <laughs> asking you, <laughs> is, my is my bet safe? Because it's like at minus 170, I think, or, or sorry, plus... 270 or something like that to look at the ticket but I, I took you guys for over four for four plus wins tell me tell me my bet is safe hey I would love to <laughs> but here's the problem I mean you start with TCU and that's you know we, we know what that's going to be like and you're talking about a TCU team that is also um, you know coming back from uh, the bowl game uh, the national championship game just getting drubbed there and so I think they're just going to be really pissed off. And can we say that? They're going to be really mad. Yeah, they are. <laughs> real mad. And uh, that, that's a good team. So uh, that's tough. I'm, I'm hoping we're two and one after the first uh, three games. But Nebraska is going to be a tough game, too. So, uh, oh, man, I don't know. I'm wondering if I should do the opposite psychology and <laughs> bet on the under. And then I'm super high. I don't care that I lost my bet because I'm super happy if we get more than four wins. So. Yeah, Jill, uh, Brandon here. Uh, my girlfriend actually went to Boulder, so I'm trying to go up to that game as well, depending awesome. on you know what I can. I know it's pretty expensive right now, but hoping I can get up there. Um, I just wanted to ask about that game because a lot of people think you know perhaps it'll be a wipeout, but like you mentioned, Neon Sanders, he's done an excellent job. I think his son's pretty good at the quarterback position. He's brought in some good recruits. Uh, I wanted to talk more about the future, though, with the Big 12, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like the allure for Colorado is Deion Sanders and how this program is going to improve over the next few years. Going into a conference that realistically, I know TCU just played in the national championship game, but they, they need a powerhouse like, like Colorado in the future that can actually compete 
with the other powerhouses because TCU got just completely schooled in that national championship game. Speak about how how Colorado is going to do in the Big 12 in a few years and also their basketball program, you know, now with Jalen Williams, his brother, Cody Williams, and they're starting to get good recruiting classes and they'll be playing the Kansases of the world and all that stuff in basketball as well. Well, well, that's the thing you hit on, Brandon. I think basketball is going to be the kind of key to this. The decisions are obviously made from football, but I guarantee you nobody was knocking on, on Colorado's door when Carl Durrell was the coach. And, and you know, the last 15 years or so, uh, Colorado just was not considered to be a school that, you know, these Power Five conferences wanted. And you get one, you know, coach like Deion Sanders. Uh, they finally paid a coach big money. And so, yes, I think in a few years, uh, Colorado's football team could be good there. But now the question is, what's Colorado going to look like? I think they're going to be better in the recruiting game, but is Deion Sanders going to be the coach? Because so many people believe this guy could be gone in a year or two or three, which, you know, players can do it, coaches can do it, so that's fine. But I think basketball is the key. The men's and women's programs uh, are top 25 teams. Uh, the women's, uh, for sure, they made a nice run uh, in the NCAA tournament. Um, so I think it's a good move over the long haul, but it was a move obviously based on, on football and the current situation. But what is that going to look like in three years? I don't know. Speaking of football, Jill, uh, NFL season is right around the corner. What is your expectation for the two LA teams heading into this upcoming season? Well, certainly the outlook for the Chargers uh, is a lot better. Uh, you know, obviously locking up uh, Justin Herbert at quarterback, if they can keep that receiving core healthy, uh, that's going to be great for them. Uh, the running back situation, if they can keep them healthy as well. So um, that offense under offense coordinator Kellen Moore, uh, expecting big things. So uh, they're going to have to score a lot of points, uh, you know, coming off that uh, terribly, uh, I don't even know how to describe it still, but that awful, you know, playoff loss in which they um, had a 27-point lead to the Jaguars and lost it. So I think the Chargers are, are in good shape defensively as well, but, but uh, staying healthy is going to be key. Uh, the Rams, I think it's 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 going to be a struggle. They've got some key pieces offensively. Obviously, a healthy Matthew Stafford is huge. Uh, Cooper Cup is battling that hamstring injury. They're coming off a five-win season. So it's like, I don't know that there's big expectations uh, for the Rams again. Um, they lost so many key uh, people defensively. Not Aaron Donald, but he can't do it all by himself, right? No Jalen Ramsey and, and Bobby Wagner and, and that that team is young, 30-something rookies. So I don't think there's a big expectation for the Rams. They could prove me wrong, but uh, the Chargers are going to be expected to go deep in the playoffs. And then obviously they've got that old foe, the Kansas City Chiefs, that they're going to have to have to deal with. So Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey and company are not going anywhere. Jill, loved your uh, first column uh, today for the Sporting Tribune. One of the things that you touched on was this amazing um, – career that you've had and all the amazing events that you've gotten to cover the Lakers championships, USC national championships, UCLA to the final four. Um, you know, and I'm sure you get this question a ton. I mean, is there one moment that sticks out if someone were to tell you, Jill, well, you know what, what's what the, you know, the best game that you've covered? You know, it's funny. I, it's a, it's a great question. And there's, there's been so many, um, I still have never covered a no hitter, uh, oh. of all the, the games I've covered and that, that uh, I just always miss it by a day here or a day there. Um, and, but I've been able to cover so many cool things and even things that, that, you know, the, uh, 
uh, you know, was not like a Los Angeles uh, event, or like, for example, the Masters. Um, yeah. But I would say as of right now that Tiger Woods uh, winning the U.S. Open in 2008 on one leg at Torrey Pines in San yeah. Diego. So a Southern California event. I mean, it's it's truly one of the most incredible athletic performances or feats uh, that I've ever seen. Uh, so I just... Uh, I, I still can't believe he did that and went went to the playoff and, and with Rocco Media and then they had to go more holes because they couldn't decide it in an 18 hole playoff so 19 holes. Um, but so that that's certainly one of the cool events. Uh, you know, and then I look at my career starting in uh, West Texas and Odessa, home of Friday Night Lights. That's right. Uh, that was a very real city. <laughs> it was not you know made up. By the the it was obviously um, you know came off the book the movie. And the TV series uh, was all based on that book. So got to live in that town for two years at the beginning of my career to, to cover that. So the, one of the, I, I swear this will be one of the top five games I've ever covered. And it was a high school football game, 22,000 fans, mm. 22,000 fans. So packed the stadium and Odessa High played Permian. Permian was the haves, Odessa High was the have-nots. And they beat him for the first time in 33 years. And, and I'll never forget, it was like a statewide and national story standing on the field after trying to get interviews and nobody from the Permian side had left, but that side was quiet and the Odessa high side. I mean, you're talking of families and generations who had been, you know, beaten down for 33 years. And that game was played every year, uh, you know, going nuts. So uh, stuff like that, it, you know, that, that's one thing I love about sports is the people that, that, that play the games and the storylines. It doesn't have to be, you know, the NBA finals or, uh, you know, the world series, those are great as well. But sometimes you get these really cool, you know, high school or, you know, the other day I, I got to meet a cross country runner as Lynn deficiencies yeah. and all four limbs. And he's just the most amazing kid who's persevering, you know? So anyway, that's all um, very cool. I love that. I'm going to let Jihei um, ask you a question, but one, one of the cool things that, that I love about the column and that we're going to be doing is that is that folks are going to see a different side of Jill Pedro Lopez. I mean, you have a lot of passion, whether it's travel, whether it's fashion, whether it's dogs, whether it's wine, and this is my cue for Jihei. Jihei loves wine. Before I let what? Jihei go, <laughs> explain clean wine. Explain, I mean, that you can enjoy wine, but it can be clean wine. So clean wine. Hi, Jihei. Now, now I know who my next wine buddy is. That's right. <laughs> um, so clean wine is basically wine that is made in a clean form, i.e. Uh, the lot and the vineyards. Uh, they practice, you know, no pesticides. Um, and then as, as for the wines, it's, you know, no added sugars, no added carbs. Literally, like a, a bottle of wine has less than most of the ones that that uh, I'm a consultant for have less than a gram of sugar in the whole bottle. Wow! And I never knew that that wine had so much sugar and had so many carbs. Um, basically, it's wine without all the bad stuff. Um, so, and you know, another cool part of the story about how I got involved in wine was during the pandemic. Uh, you know, when we were all home for four months, wine tastings over Zoom was like one of the cool <laughs> things you could do. Uh, and Alana Rizzo, who uh, many people know through the baseball world when uh, she was the Dodgers reporter at the time, she got involved in it because another baseball reporter was involved. And then another, and it just was like all of us, you know, baseball reporters, for whatever reason, we, we all love wine. Uh, baseball and wine seem to go together very well. <laughs> and, and we all just started becoming consultants. And so it was kind of a cool, uh, you know, side thing for us to do. And then I, I kept it obviously because I like drinking it. <laughs> 
Well, we'll definitely, Jill, we'll definitely have to sit down and have some clean wine. I'm very interested in that because wine does have an, a ridiculous amount of sugar in it, <laughs> um, specifically white wine. I'm not a white wine drinker, but red wine has, has um, a very similar uh, content to it. But my question is, um, once you brought up covering uh, two years of high school football, we have so many amazing high school athletes here in LA, uh, specifically, you know, obviously in uh, recovery right now, Bronny James, we have just so many um, LA locals that are finally staying in LA, right? They're staying in LA to play for, whether it be for USC, UCLA, they're finally staying here and not leaving to go to the SEC. Um, what do you see as far as um, that transition over? And I want to know how, how do you think, um, with or without Bronny James, how SC basketball will do this season? Well, they're always going to be good. Andy Enfield does such a such a good job there, uh, and I know they were certainly counting on on Bronny to uh, help out and be a contributor. But um, uh, the problem is, we have you know no idea what that's going to look like for them. So I think that'll be interesting. Uh, and, and there's not a ton of change there. UCLA, obviously, that was like almost a complete roster, a turnover with some, so many guys going uh, uh, to the NBA or in the transfer portal. So um, I think they've got a good foundation uh, for sure. As for high school athletes, I mean, you, you look at all these top tiered um, players now that you can say, hey, I, I can go play uh, for UCLA or USC. And, and, and I'm going to be in the Big Ten and I'm going to be playing all these big schools and I'm going to be traveling. And um, if you like that, which I can't imagine why you wouldn't, now you can go to those schools and you don't have to go to a, a Big Ten school because you can be playing in this conference uh, and, and going, uh, you know, from SC or, or UCLA, your family has a chance to watch you. And so their brand just got a million times uh, bigger and stronger than, than they already was. And certainly SC's was, was very high. Jill, I'm going to uh, pose a question for my uh, two young co-hosts here because you are one of the best in terms of doing a variety of things. You are a, an award-winning columnist, award-winning TV personality. You've done play-by-play. -play, you've done sideline. You've done it all. How have you been able to adjust and what advice would you have to young journalists? Again, I think when I was coming up, my degree said print journalism and I, that's the, all that I wanted to do was print. I don't think you can do that. You, you have to be able to do TV and radio and podcast. And, and, and so what advice would you give to uh, my two young co-hosts here? Are you saying I'm old, Raj? No, no, no. You're, you're very good. <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. So, I, I mean, basically, you were sort of touching on it is, is um, you know, say, say yes to everything. So, when I um, went to University of Colorado, I was wanted to be in broadcast journalism. And I also loved writing uh, and, and uh, I'd never been in, on my school newspaper in high school or anything, but it was part of the journalism program. And I literally just thought, oh, you know, that, that'd be a good experience. And I love writing. So covered sports for the newspaper uh, at Colorado and did, went the broadcast journalism uh, route at the same time. So getting that experience and all that was great. Now, uh, their journalism school is no longer existing as to what it was. And I think probably every college and in the country doesn't have like a, a print journalism or like you were talking about, right? It's, yeah. it's a digital um, media a degree now. So you're going to learn everything from blogs to podcasts. It. So my, my advice is to do it all. So that was, you know, for me, when I was starting to do sideline, when I was the Anaheim Ducks reporter, uh, and then I was uh, part of the Angels broadcast team, 
I can't imagine if I started at 22 years old asking those kind of questions and not knowing the sport as well. Like, I mean, I was all Broncos all the time, all football growing up, and we didn't have a hockey team or a baseball team back then. Seems almost improbable to think of, but when I graduated uh, from college, uh, you know, then then we got the Avalanche and then the Rockies. So um, I just, you know, do it all if you can. It's it's great to have experience with, with everything, and it's, it's certainly uh, served me well. One thing I never had any interest in, though, was play-by-play. Never had interest in it, never did it. We, we all sit and watch broadcasts and think, oh, we can do that. Those guys are great. The men and women that, that are play-by-play announcers, they're amazing. But you kind of think like, oh, I can do it. And then you actually do it, which I started also during the pandemic yeah. because I had an opportunity. And, oh, my gosh, it's, it's tough and it's challenging. And um, I've been doing some high school uh, football play-by-play the past few years for NFHS, which is a streaming service. Uh, so I'm taking my own advice, right? And then the CSUN women's basketball, uh, I've gotten to call a couple of uh, uh, tournaments, the one in Bahamas the last couple of years, Atlantis, yes, yeah. uh, that they started in the women's game. And you're talking about getting to see call some of the top women's teams. So uh, it's a process. It's a challenge. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really cool. So I'd say, you know, do whatever, do whatever you can to get more experience and, and podcasting. It's something you don't have to have. A, you don't have to have a company tell you whether you can do it or not. You can just do it, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities for that. I love it. So excited to have you as a part of the team, not just because um, I have so much respect for you as a sports journalist, but the uh, travel advice we'll get, the wine tips we'll get. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff with uh, Jill, where um, hopefully we can do some wine tasting with uh, Jihei as well. Um, just we're really excited for this, Jill. Um, we will have you back on next week. And again, go to thesportingtribune.com, thesportingtribune.com. Jill Painter-Lopez, first column is on the front page. And uh, Jill, thank Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Sarash. Appreciate the opportunity and, and happy to be on the team. And, and uh, I love that we'll be talking about sports and stuff. You know, it's, it's I love uh, it. It, the sports world is about entertainment, too. Right. So I, uh, I look forward to it. That's uh, uh, I can't wait. Awesome. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.